Hello and welcome to the She Reads Romance Books podcast, the ultimate show for romance book lovers looking for the best books worth reading. I'm your host, Leslie Murphy, and in each short episode, I share my favorite book list of recommendations so you know exactly what to add to your must-read list. Join me as I explore the romance genre and have fun collecting book boyfriends along the way, because life is better with a love story. Hello, readers. It is mid-November, so you know that means it's time for every reader to come out of the woodwork to vote and share what they really think about the Goodreads Choice Awards. And this year, just like any year, the awards, especially for Best Romance, are kicking up some controversy, and I wouldn't expect anything less. In this episode, I'm sharing some of my thoughts on the 2023 Goodreads Choice Awards nominees and discussing a few snubs along the way. And I should say, like, if I'm talking way too fast in this episode, it is because I just had my first ever pumpkin spice latte. So I am amped on more caffeine than I've ever had probably in my life. I feel I could be jumping off the walls at this point. So my apologies if I'm talking way too fast in this episode. And I give a thumbs up to pumpkin spice lattes, although I only went with one pump because otherwise it would have been way too sweet. But yeah, I think I'm a fan now. So anyway, back to the Goodreads Choice Awards. I actually, for one, think it's great that there's even an award for best books. Authors work really hard on their craft, so I like that the Goodreads Choice Awards can recognize their efforts. But of course, nothing is ever perfect, and politics, money, and influence always have to ruin things or sort of taint things. So it's also a toss-up about what to really think of them, because they can't ever really make everyone happy, right? But before I get into that, in the romance books that I think were snubbed in this year's list of nominees for Best Romance, I am going to take a look at the list overall first. At, and I say at first, I was like, what the fuck? Where is Fourth Wing? Of course, it had to have been nominated since it's been a bestseller for weeks. So I took a breath <laughs> and realized that it was nominated, but it was nominated in a brand new category for this year's Goodreads Choice Awards, and that is the category for Best Romanticy. It's up against not one, not two, but three books by Jennifer L. Armand Trout and a lot of other really great books. So you can check it out there or on my list of, of the two 2023 Goodreads Choice Award nominees for Best Romanticy on the blog. I actually really like the creation of this category because I think there's so many books that can fit into it, and it's only going to be a category that continues to grow, so kudos for this move, Goodreads. However, I understand how some readers think it's a bit much to have three fantasy categories, especially when they decided to remove other categories for this year, like children's and middle grade novels, poetry, and graphic novels. So. We'll see how all of that plays out. Interestingly enough, Iron Flame isn't going to be eligible for the 2024 Goodreads Choice Awards since it was released just days before these awards went live, making it really only eligible for this year. But I'm sure we'll get another book in the Fourth Wing series that might make an appearance in next year's awards, at least hopefully. 
Divine Rivals was another book that I was pretty upset not to see on the list of best romance, um, nor was it on the list of best romanticy. Um, but alas, I calmed down because it is actually on the list for best young adult fantasy. So, phew, I already went there and cast my vote for that book because I think it is amazing. And then I was happy to see that Allie Hazelwood's latest release, Check and Mate, was nominated. But you'll find that book in Best Young Adult Fiction. So the moral of the story is search around, folks. That's the message because you can find books pretty much anywhere if they cross categories. So don't initially freak out like I did. As for the actual list of nominees for Best Romance, I was pleasantly surprised to find out that I have read nine of the 20 nominees so far, and I'm actually currently reading two more of them, including The Right Move by Liz Tomford and A Long Time Coming by Megan Quinn. So five of the nine books that I read are actually included on my own list of Best Romance Novels of 2023 because they are five-star reads for me. And those include Love Theoretically by Allie Hazelwood, Practice Makes Perfect by Sarah Adams, Yours Truly by Abby Jimenez, Things We Hide from the Light by Lucy Score, and In the Likely Event by Rebecca Yaros. So I obviously don't take any issue with those nominations. And, you know, from their Goodreads ratings, it seems like others really like them, too. So that's awesome. Now, one book on the list, I will admit that I put Pucking Around on my Do Not Finish pile. And The Long Game, I did finish, but really didn't quite enjoy it that much. So I was kind of surprised to see them on the list, especially since the latter, you know, their Goodreads ratings weren't super high, which sort of brings me to the question, how are the nominees really selected anyway, right? This has always been a mystery to me, especially when I see books where my first reaction is, huh, how did that one get on there? <laughs> but who really knows? You know, I've got to say, if you click on their link for rules and eligibility, which I do because I'm a complete nerd and want to know, all Goodreads say says is that they analyze statistics from the millions of books added, rated, and reviewed on Goodreads to nominate 20 books in each category. Opening round official nominees must have an average rating of 3.50 or higher at the time of launch. A book may be nominated in no more than one genre category, but can also be nominated in the debut novel category. Only one book in a series may be nominated per category, plus they then give dates that a book has to be published between. So all of those really limited words tell me that other than the publication date parameters and a rating of at least 3.5, it's sort of a mystery as to how these books make the list. Because if it's really about popularity or the most liked books, I think books with a high overall rating plus a number, a high number of ratings and reviews would dominate the nominee list because those indicate that a lot of readers liked it, right? But that's not really the case with all of the nominees this year. Of course, Emily Henry's latest Happy Place deserved a spot because its ratings are off the charts high with an overall rating of 4.07 and 
545,386 total ratings. So yeah, a no-brainer to see her latest release on the list yet again this year, as they typically are every year. So if we're to look at other romance books of 2023 that had high ratings, some snubs that come to mind are Behind the Net by Stephanie Archer, which has over 52,000 ratings, or even L. Kennedy's latest, The Graham Effect, which is gaining popularity. It has a rating of 4.12 and already over 22,000 ratings, and that's for being out less than a month before the awards went live. So I honestly haven't read either of those books. But I bring them up because they have more ratings than at least two of the books on the nominee list. So again, I'm, it just begs the question, how really are nominees chosen? The big issue, though, with this year's Goodreads Choice Awards, and pretty much every year, I think, is the lack of diversity. Where are the authors of color, the diverse storylines, the indie authors, you know, you name it. I think this is a very important issue to raise as diversity can always be done better. I personally think that one of the biggest snubs for this year's Goodread Choice Awards was Hannah Bonham Young. She is an indie author whose books really appealed and did fantastic with readers, so much so that her books have been picked up by a publisher, I believe. Her latest release this year, Out on a Limb, would have been my choice as a nominee, given the great storyline, terrific writing, and the diversity of her characters with limb difference. It has a 4.42 overall rating with over 26,000 ratings and almost 5,000 reviews, which is pretty awesome and impressive, I think. Another author I would have liked to have seen, or who I think deserves more recognition in general, is Tal Bauer. He's a male romance author who writes the best gay romance. And this year, his release, How to Say I Do, made my list of best romance novels of 2023. Though, you know, I kind of get why it didn't make this list of nominees because it only has about 5,000 ratings, which is lower than a lot of the other books. I actually kind of expected to see Queen Charlotte by Julia Quinn and Shonda Rhimes on the list of nominees. Even though, again, I haven't read this book, but given the popularity of the book in the show, it wasn't nominated. There is a complete lack of historical romance on this year's nominee list, as well as authors of color, as I mentioned, which hopefully will change next year. I didn't read X's and O's by Amy Lee, but that book was on my potential nominees list as I was sort of formulating it in advance of these coming out. And because even this book had more ratings than some of the nominees and would have improved the diversity of books and authors for this year's awards. Talia Hibbert's Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute was nominated, however, in the young adult fiction category. So that was great to see. Other snubs that I thought would make the list is Lynn Painter's adult romance, Love Wager. It's a super cute romance with over 42,000 ratings about Hallie and Jack, who have a one-night stand, but she escapes their hotel room the next morning without a word, but they end up meeting or finding each other again through a dating app and decide to become friends and help each other out with their dates while, of course, falling for each other. It was super cute. I really liked it. I was happy to see that Megan Quinn finally got some recognition because she's been crushing it lately and really churning out the books. She 
I think could have had two books nominated if you're going off reader ratings because Right Man, Right Time has a rating of 4.12 with a total of over 55,000 ratings and over 4,000 reviews. So that's pretty impressive, but I'm sure she's just super psyched with her nomination for a long time coming. Her books have actually been kind of hit or miss with me lately, but I really did enjoy Right Man, Right Time, which is a fake relationship with a sex-positive heroine and a really hot hockey player in her Vancouver Agitators series. Neither of these really, though, make the list more diverse, however, I do recognize. But lastly, another book that seemed to be super popular this year on Book Talk and came in with high ratings is Done and Dusted by Lila Sage. It was just okay for me personally, but this could have upped the indie representation. Plus, it has an overall rating of 4.0 with 41,000 total ratings and over 6,000 reviews. So I can understand if Sage is feeling a bit snubbed with this year's Goodreads Choice Awards. To appease readers and potentially help increase diversity, I really wish that Goodreads would bring back the ability to write in a nomination. They stopped that last year, I think it was. But I loved the opportunity in the past because it definitely gave other books a chance. And it truly felt like it gave readers a voice since this is <laughs> an award based on readers. Um, anyway, so... I think readers should be able to truly express their opinion, including voting for books that they think were overlooked or snubbed in the original list. So Goodreads, if you're listening, please bring that back for 2024. I think it would really go a long way. I'm going to wrap up the year highlighting my own list of best romance books of 2023. So stay tuned for that episode coming in just a few weeks. But if you have an opinion on the 2023 Goodreads Choice Awards list of nominees or have a book that you felt was snubbed this year, visit this post on shereadsromancebooks.com and maybe share it in the comments or shoot me an email because I would love to hear it. In the meantime, if there is a nomination that you loved, go and vote. The opening round of voting ends on November 26th with the final round running from November 28th through December 3rd and the winner announced on December 7th. Thanks for listening to my thoughts and opinions. Happy reading. That's all for this episode of the She Reads Romance Books podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and found some new books to add to your TBR list. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast app. It really helps me reach more romance book lovers like you, and I appreciate your support. If you're a book boyfriend collector like me, then you'll want to join my email list so you never miss a podcast episode or a new book list. Just visit shereadsromancebooks.com slash join and sign up today. As a thank you, I'll instantly send you my list of top 10 book boyfriends that will make you swoon. Trust me, you don't want to miss this list. Thank you for listening and until next time, happy reading.